So I'm here with Rowan Chai of IOTech, CEO and co-founder of one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Web3 project. Full disclosure, I worked as a marketing manager full-time for IOTech in early 2020 and have worked on and off part-time for the last two and a half years. And I've seen this project grow from, I think, an under 20 million market cap when I joined to over 2 billion during the peak of this last cycle in 2021. So IOTEX has had enormous growth in the last two years, better than industry average, and Rallon is the leader of that effort. Rallon, I know you come from an illustrious Web2 background. You're, you're a brilliant young engineer. So just give me like a potted history of your education and your career before coming to crypto. Sure. Thanks, Dean. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, for me, so I'm a tech background. So I actually got into blockchain and crypto really early when I was doing my PhD in U Waterloo. My research was focused on cryptography, basically design the encryption algorithms or try to crack them. So I still have the impression like why when the Bitcoin white paper actually came out in 2008, 2009. So like the entire kind of folks in the research lab, I got very excited wow. because everybody thinks this one is flawed. Apparently like too good to be true. So we spent like a one month or two trying to attack Bitcoin scheme, but it looks like we failed. So that's where we got into the Bitcoin, especially like my personally involvement with some Canada communities, which were very focused on Bitcoin. So that's my story where I, I try to uh, get into the blockchain space. And after graduation, at that time, still the Web3 doesn't exist. Blockchain is not considered as an industry. Coinbase is just a three-person company. So that's where I actually joined Google, stayed there for five, leading a lot of niche teams and teams doing security, infrastructure, distributed systems, even some of the cloud products. Still, some of the cloud products, actually me and my team did earning Google like a multi-millions dollars per year. Has been like a pretty successful over there. But I'm a guy quickly bored about this big corporation type of culture. So that's where I joined Uber. Uber was trying to grow so aggressively at that time. I joined as a lead for a cryptography, basically focused on you know authentication, security, privacy, compliance. Still, so if you use right now, I, I think like when you're logging, like a hey, well, that's basically my team and my system behind. Hmm. Wow. So, that's wow. that's Uber. Yeah, then IOTAX in 2017 Q4. Yeah. Uh, me, two of co-founders started back, you know, IOTAX. Yeah. And we grew to like a $1 billion project. Yeah. Wow. That's in a fascinating history. I didn't realize that you actually were trying to crack Bitcoin when it first came out in 2008, 2009. And if, for people that don't know, University of Waterloo, that's one of the top universities for computer science. That's no joke to get a PhD from there. And to do what you did at Google as a young engineer, you were on a rocket ship to tremendous wealth and success in, a, in the more traditional Web 2 world. And so to jump to Web 3 requires a lot of risk appetite and ambition. And a lot of Web 3 entrepreneurs have a somewhat similar background. They were brilliant young engineers who had a great career ahead of them in Google, Facebook, whatever, the big tech industry and made that jump. So Q4 2017, we're talking about the peak of the first main crypto bull run, where Ethereum's at $1,000. You're starting to see adoption, at least adoption in terms of ICO and fundraising. Yeah. What was the opportunity that you saw? Was it that Ethereum scalability issues? There was an L1 kind of gold rush happening at that time. What was your scan of the industry and what made you jump in? Well, 
That's a great question. Sometimes I also have a reflection on this one, right? So crypto has been an industry that grew so quickly. Before 2016, everybody's mostly talking about Bitcoin mining. So that's like a main theme for the entire industry. But starting from 2016, so ICO becomes something really popular on Ethereum because of smart contract. And then different like a 2016, 2017 becomes a year for ICO. But the more ICO people have done, the more they realize like uh, launching something on Ethereum not scalable at all. So that's where this kind of lot of discussions around consensus P2P kick in, right? Even some of the new design of smart contract, that becomes the main thing for 2017 and 2018. And major public blockchain designs has been done at the time. Polkadot, Cosmos, IOTEX included, Avalanche, I think also around that time, like a design white paper is what was done at that time. Then actually, you know, IOTEX included, a lot of blockchains actually launched. Layer one blockchain they launched. They, they tried to address this scalability issue for Ethereum and they did, right? Us included. Starting from 2019, so we're seeing a lot of kind of DeFi stuff building on top of the layer one chain. Then people are not really focusing too much on the consensus because it's theme that has solved the problem, at least from an engineering's perspective. So that's where people are trying to focus on really on what we can build once we have such a high scalability blockchain here. So that's where DeFi executing first, 2019 to 2020. So that's definitely like the DeFi year. Then starting from 2020, then people realize DeFi is still something like a very self-contained within the blockchain, right? So within the people who's already in blockchain, we should do something overflows to the external world, to the real world. Mm -hmm. So that's where NFT start to kick in. That's basically become the theme for 2020 and 2021. So I think... OpenSea, like the board app, like a site, a CryptoPunks, those blue chip NFT projects actually you know, pops up, which definitely like use a lot of bad ways on the blockchain. So I think that's like a, another layer of exposure, you know, or like an overflow from the crypto internal world to the real external world. So that's the thing. So that's why I, I think the trend will still continue. So we will not stop here. We're starting from some very core, which is consensus, right? Which grows to DeFi, it's some sort of application, but still very tied to the crypto people. Then the next layer is NFT. Then the next layer, I, I feel like it's what we're working on, trying to connect in the real world to the crypto world. And yeah, because what we've seen, like you said, is we've seen this kind of push in the last couple of years to consumer applications in crypto to bring the general public into this space, which what is what NFTs are. But IOTEX from the beginning in 2017 was an IoT focused blockchain. You built it, you designed it with physical devices in mind. And so can you talk about what in 2017, looking at the space at that time, why you chose IoT, because you were working at Uber as a verification expert. You were in the software industry, and you're jumping over to hardware. Can you just talk about why you saw the meeting of blockchain and IoT yeah. as the opportunity then? Yeah, like my internal logic for this vision looks like this, right? So blockchain itself is like a turning complete self-enforceable root engine. Uh, which actually you know, powers this $1 trillion Web3 economy, like I talk about DeFi or uh, NFT or games. But like the true thing here is it will power the real world economy, give it like a decade or maybe five years, which is 100 times bigger than the Web3 economy. So that's why like we need sort of linkages between the real world 
and the Web3. And to me, I feel like those linkages should be like a set of machine networks. So this machine network could be, you know, like a Helium, some telecommunication networks. Could it be like a Uber cars, right? That's also some sort of machine networks. Could be some fitness tracker. Could be people's phone. No matter what, these devices try to ingest what happens in the real world and, you know, digitize what happens over there and tell the Web3 world, okay, so something happens in the real world. Maybe you want to take some action. Right. So that's my logic about machines being the bridge between the real world and and the metaverse. And I and as I was researching, actually, I found that the origin of DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, actually the origin is in the early nineties for multi-agent IoT systems for devices. Okay. DAOs originated theoretical concept in the context of physical devices. And IOTEX, I think, is making manifest this vision for this transparent, decentralized web of physical devices that people can tap into, plug into, leave financially, access. And that's a big vision for IOTEX, it seems to me. And in 2021, you saw this massive growth, right? I just read your year and mm-hmm. review. You saw a growth from 18,000 to 350,000 wallets. But that's mostly, that's software-based, right? In terms of devices, you have a couple internal devices that you've launched, UCAM, Pebble Tracker, that have seen several thousand people join on. But in terms of getting to that next order of magnitude of adoption in the physical world, how do you plan to get there? How do you bring existing devices like iPhones, fitness trackers, into IOTEX without just building them yourself and hoping they get adopted? Yeah, great question. So that's why like, we actually launched this initiative called Machine Fi last year in Q4. So Machine Fi is definitely Web3 methodology we have identified in the past four years. So it's talking about using the token or incentivized deployment of machines, jumpstart them, and also financialize utility or data coming out from the machines. So those utility could be connectivity, it could be mobility, it could be some fitness you know, it could be your geolocation, so on and so forth. And those things can be tokenized in the web through. Of course, like uh, we are trying to also like uh, on the tech side, we are trying to consolidate what we have done in the past years into something we call the machine-fi platform. Um, thinking from a very abstractive way, so machine-fi platform will be the one you know, sitting between the real-world devices and the dApps on IOTAX and even other blockchains. But underneath the machine five platform is definitely like our layer one, our layer two, true stream, decentralized DID, cross-chain bridge, even wallet, so forth, so forth, so forth. Everything's packing in this machine five platform, right? So this is like a kind of blueprint for what we will be doing for the next five years. Of course, like you mentioned, go-to-market is super important here. We do not want to build like ghost town. So we have been like a start to work on one vertical. That's we have been like a really focused here. It's called like a proof of presence. Hmm. This is like a more like a kind of location-based services if you use Web3 or Web2 terms. It's LBS, right? There are lots of LBS players in this, in this world like Google Map, Waze, Yelp, Uber, you name it. But for pop, like things we are working on, it's like a unique. So on one side, you have Pebble Tracker, which is a hardware device, open source, tracking your GPS location. Or like a phone version of the Pebble Tracker, we call Meta Pebble. 
which you can install on the phone, actually wow. tracking where you have been, wow. where you are, right? Then all the data actually coming through the machine five platform, which is underneath the IOTEX chain and everything, feeding to this POP protocol, which is like a Web3 protocol we designed uh, and we're still building right now. What can this POP does? So POP is more like a POI layer for the real world, mapping the real world to the Web3 world. So you can airdrop tokens. Give me a very simple example. You can airdrop tokens or NFTs for people who has been in Miami for the last 30 days, mm. for example. Or you can launch some tokens to, to people who's suffering from Ukraine war. Or even you can tie your DeFi yield I mean, factors to people, I don't know, maybe people living in Southeast Asia, right? So those things can be done on pop very easily. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And even on top, like a longer vision for pop would be, so we're going to open up this POI layer, even to some like a Web3 Uber type of application. I'm sorry, Web3, what, what does POI stand for? Like a point of interest. Basically means the moving dots on the map. Yeah. Yeah. And even open this one to like a Web3 version of Yelp. Web3 version of the ways. So those things become possible. Also Pokemon Go on top of Pop. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think ecosystem really has a chance to flourish. Because when you talk about bringing cell phones, a device that everyone has in their pocket already, bringing that data into Web3 through IOTEX, using MachineFi, using this infrastructure that you've built over the past four years, that unlocks almost infinite potential. And you just tap into the device that already exists and already is in people's pockets. So for proof of presence, that's an amazing, and is, will, there, will there be an opportunity to monetize data, to sell data? Like where, how far does this thing go in terms of tapping into cell phone data? I think this one is going really great. Uh, as far as I heard from the product team, like the meta table as a phone app has been done. Like they're doing internal testing right now. So this app can actually have access to different dimensions of data on the phone. Of course, your geolocation and in the future, even like your health data, right? Like how many steps you have uh, running every day. So those data becomes possible. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so MetaPebble, just to describe this. So Pebble Tracker is a separate device which IOTEX developed, which has, I believe, seven types of sensors and data collection, environmental data like altitude, temperature, pressure, location. And this is basically a developer device, correct? This is not a mainstream consumer device as you've, yeah. this is a device that you can program, that you can use. And actually it's being used right now, I believe in partnership with City Data, exactly. which is a really cool partnership actually. Can you describe that partnership and how it's being used to map? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure like a lot of crypto people at least understand or heard about Citadel. Citadel is a project, it's a crypto project, not us. So they have purchased a land somewhere in the United States and tried to build like crypto city on top of this land, physical land. They have done like an NFT sale of the citizenship. They have to, they have, I think they're selling the land, right? Like, like the physical land mm -hmm. in Metaverse. So what we are trying to work with them is pretty interesting. So we're putting like the table, which is the hardware, together with a solar panel. So make it like a you know long lasting, right? Then putting each of those onto their physical lands. If you own that land, of course you are an NFT owner of that land, then you can view the temperature, like a con contextual data huh. around this land, like almost in real time. 
Huh. Wouldn't be cool. So you can see how's your land going? Like a not enough humidity or like a too cold, below like a temperature. Yeah. So those things become like a possible for even like NFT owner. So that's something like we're working with. And that's what you talk about when you say bridging the real world with the metaverse and Web3. Literally, we're talking about creating a metaverse land that is actually represents a physical piece of property, I believe, in Wyoming for CityDAO. That because of these sensors, you can actually interact with data on chain and potentially in the future, I don't know, have robots in person on the property. You can tell them how to respond and react. So we're talking about a merging of the physical world and the metaverse, which IOTEX is at the center of, which is super exciting. And in terms, yeah. of, in terms of where you see the ecosystem going, right, because that's where the blockchain space has gone. We have Solano. They've dominated in terms of ecosystem, as far as I can tell. They have an amazing ecosystem because they focused on consumer applications, NFTs, scalability. But IOTEX, there's a tremendous ecosystem opportunity with devices that hasn't been top, tapped into. So can you just talk about maybe your favorite ecosystem projects that are already active and building and which ones maybe you would like to see built? Yeah. So there are like a quite a few ones. I think they are doing really good, right? In different categories. For example, we, we have some really good DeFi protocols running on top of IOTEX. I think a Filda, Mimo would be like the top DEX on IOTEX. Mm -hmm. Filda is like, at least for now, like a top lending protocols on IOTEX. Hunter Finance is another one which is going to launch. It's also like a lending protocol on IOTEX. Mm -hmm. Concord Fi will do also like a stable coin on IOTEX. So those are like a very good kind of DeFi protocols I like. We do have some NFTs stuff on IOTEX. We have a Treasure Land, which is an NFT marketplace, which I do like. I do use a lot of times. Oh, by the way, we have issued like a machine fight NFT last year. Ten thousand of them, and some of them are actually still on the market. If you like, nice. maybe you try to grab one. Go pick one up. Yeah, pick one up. So we're going to launch something around this machine fight NFT down the road as well. And there are like a few game ones. I think they're also doing well. For the machine fight, so we did see some really serious like IoT, like developers who's working on the machine fight stuff, right? Some of them are actually doing this open source dev board for machine fight, meaning people actually can just purchase this board from them, install a few sensors or components, then turning this into a machine fight mining machine, trying to participate into pop or other machine fight applications we are incubating. And another one I do like is ecosystem project who has been working on this decentralized Uber or decentralized Grab wow. idea. Yeah. So basically they are trying to do this kind of delivery for and also of course, they use NFT to just code jumpstart the entire network, but long down the road, they want to do the decentralized Uber in their heart. Health Block is also like a one that's very tied to the uh, machine fight concept. So they basically use a phone app to collect people's healthcare data, like a sleeping data, a fitness data, and try and design a token system to reward people to have a very good lifestyle. That's like the ones I think I like. Of course, there are some dev tools included. So there is a really good one. It's called Footprint. It's a project that does like a chain ana analytics. So it has a nice dashboard basically to see what is going on IOTX, what's the daily kind of tra traction value, what's a hot contract, what's a hot DApp server. That's a good one. DApp Rita is our very loyal partner. So they actually have a list of IOTEX D apps on their website. So okay. feel free to go to there to explore. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. sounds good. And health blocks in particular, 
is an example of a project that is IOTech specific in the sense that it's dealing with real world data and actually creating a decentralized application that isn't really possible on any other blockchain. So IOTEX has a very successful DeFi and NFT ecosystem, but it also has an ecosystem that is totally independent of what other blockchains can do because of its IoT focus, which I think is what makes it different and exciting. So in terms of, I think, the cross-chain emphasis, which I've seen from IOTEX as well, you focused on cross-chain bridges with MIMO, IOTube is another example. What is theory or your strategy for cross-chain? How do you view your relationship with other blockchains, other layer ones like Ethereum? And how do you plan on interoperability with those chains? Of course, like one thing I'm trying to avoid is like this silo thinking, basically doing something, everything by ourselves. I think that's definitely a wrong way to do in Web3 because composability is something really big or major in Web3. Yeah. It not just mean like you have to do the protocol, the composability at the protocol level, you have to do the composability at the people's level, trying to plug in into different kind of networks or products in Web3. I think that's essence of Web3. Yeah. Uh, speak of that, it definitely like we have a strategy to connecting IOTEX to all the other kind of major crypto networks. Ethereum, of course, BSC, Polygon, Avalanche, Polkadot, and Solana in the future. Yeah, so I think this IOTube has been launched almost for one more year, and everything has been doing great. And we do have plans to support even more chains down the road. So if you just take a step back and just think from a high level, what are the values that IOTEX has. I'm mm-hmm. talking about values in terms of like hum- human scale values. Where do you want to push humanity forward? Let's say, let's, let me ask it specifically. Let's say IOTEX is maximally successful. What does the world look like in 10 years? Yeah, I love this question from a very uh, specific uh, perspective, right? So we're helping a lot of IOT or device companies to have a better life. So those device companies, they have a technology, they have users, they have adoption, but they have no way to grow because of this kind of co-start problems, which is especially true to those device or hardware companies. What's to the software problem, company, sorry? code start. Code start, cold start. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, how do you code start? So I think we're helping them a lot. So they have some, sometimes they have a great technology. They have great ideas. It's just design a device. You try to manufacture and distribute to people. This is a very long process. Takes a lot of money and a lot of effort here. They cannot do it. So that's why we're helping them to achieving the goals. So I do think a lot of machines will help to make our life better or the world a better place down the road. So that's why we're helping them to making the world a better place. Yeah. 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 And when you say a better place, what are you talking about in terms of devices? There's, to simplify it, there's kind of two versions of what the future could look like. There's a reincarnation of maybe the worst aspects of Web2 where you have monopolistic silos that are their business models are not pro-user in a lot of cases. They're taking data. You're Yuval Harari, no Yuval Harari, the author of Sapiens, has this great line where he says, there'll be a point where Google will know you better than you know yourself. And you might as well let Google vote for you because it knows who you're going to vote for. Just hand over all your decisions to Google, right? That's the dystopian image around Web 2 that a lot of people are looking at. And so for Web 3, for devices, what is the good, what is the good version of what the future could work out to and what's the bad version? 
Yeah, the good version is always that enables individual sovereignty. So think about it like we already have too many devices, the machines around us, your car, game station, your computer, phone, sensor, weather station, maybe doorbell camera. So those things are actually listen to us and watch us all the day. And like you said, you know, Google, uh, maybe a big company is actually, they get the data, they understand us even better than ourselves. So that's why like a long-term vision is always like a self-sovereign here, yeah. meaning like as a person, my individual, like I control all the data around me. I open access for those data to different type of device, different type of applications if I want to. So I do have a choice here. And even down the road, I can actually, you know, monetize my, my data way, try to uh, make my life even better. So that's one version about it. Another version about this one is those devices can be like uh, interconnected automatically, right? So basically that will also make your life a lot of easier. For example, if your autonomous vehicle, vehicle knows maybe you have to get off the door to, to, to somewhere. So it will just prepare himself itself in front of you, even before you open the door. And when you arrive at the place, maybe your, uh, some other machines start to work. Maybe leave you up to the fifth floor. You know, so the, all the things can be connected inter internally, but before that, we have to gain back like a control of the machines from those big corporates. Yeah, it's really interesting because with Bitcoin, the theory around Bitcoin is like, not your keys, not your Bitcoin, self-sovereignty is the motto. And what you're doing is you're extending that motto, that ethos to consumer devices and industrial devices of all kinds, which as you point out, like that's the foundation of our economy. And it's increasingly becoming the foundation of our economy as automation accelerates. And that actually brings me to Andrew Yang and the UBI concept, which I wanted to get your thoughts on. I know he has this organization called, I think it's called Humanity Forward, which advocates for basically yeah. human-centered, ethical design of policy and technology for an automated future, which is very mm -hmm. relevant to what IOTEX is doing. Are you in favor of a UBI? How do you see... A oh, man. Yeah. Yes, I, I actually want to talk about this one. For POP, like the protocol we are doing, this proof of presence, it does have a feature about UB. That means if you live in a certain you know, region that might be a lot of homeless guys, poor people around you, maybe someone like a kind of charity foundation, whatever, who wants to donate, they can come here to say, oh, I want to donate to people oh. who has been living in this area in the past three months and do this on a continual basis, maybe $10 every day. I don't know. I just make up a number, yeah. right? So this would be something like a very tie back to Andrew Young's vision about UBI. That's really interesting and relevant, especially in the context of the Ukraine conflict, because we've seen how poor the tools are for getting cash to people in emergency situations where the banking system is not functional. Airbnb had this system where you could rent out, but that's a very inefficient system because you're sending money to people that own houses or are on Airbnb. You're not really getting it to the people who need it most. And crypto mm -hmm. is a perfect use case and POP is a perfect use case for that. Yeah, I think this is will be more real. So I saw lots of donations, uh, you know, for Ukraine people. So they're hosting online, just like a one wallet address you send your money to. Yeah, with good heart, of course, a lot of people actually sending money to this addresses, but you never know if yeah. it's actually getting to the hands of the people that for need sure. the money. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think we should do this like a kind of uh, pop way, trying to directly send funds to people who had who can prove like their presence in a certain geolocation. 
So what do you think about this idea? Let's say the future economy is fully automated, right? Let's say there's very few physical workers left. Do you think that in the future, like people should be assigned a robot at birth or assigned an automated worker at birth? Like, how do you see kind of automation meeting UBI in a positive, equitable future that you could design? You mean the automation machines? Yes, with machine. Let's say machines replace every factory worker, yeah. construction worker, et cetera. That, that's a perfect one, right? So I'm always thinking about that, like a manless store, right? It's just a full of robbers seeing like what you are trying to grab, like food or drinks, vegetables or meat. If we do have a such like a manless store, then of course we can open this one to people who does need help. If you can prove your location, you can prove your like asset is below a certain threshold, you can just get into the store, grab the food, right? So, or maybe you're taking a Uber because you're a kind of low income type of people. Those things becomes very possible. And also from like the governance point of view, like easy to just calculate even some tax taxation stuff based on where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. All right. Thanks, Ron. I think I'm going to wrap it up with that. And if you have any final thoughts or kind of calls to action that you want to leave people with, how can they get involved with IOTEX? What's the best way? Yeah. For IOTEX, if you want to learn more about what we do, definitely go to our website iotex.io and we also have a new website basically trying to promote a new vision for machine five so that is machinefi.com feel free to go there to actually go through what we have we do have a white paper and like a few products actually coming in this if you want to get in touch with me feel free to send me an email like a roland at iotex.io or you can just pay me on twitter i'm pretty responsive of it over there yeah you know i think that, that's about it Thanks, Ron. This was a great conversation. And if you're a developer, get in on proof of presence. This is a huge opportunity. This is a really cool application. You're going to see right. a major adoption here if you're early and uh, probably make a lot of money if you're smart about it. So check it out <laughs> if that's what you're into. So, yeah. But uh, thanks so much, Ron.